Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. I'm excited about today's episode because I think we can all relate to this one. We all have elderly people in our lives and and how to best care for them. It's, It's so important. So Join me in welcoming Ruth Busalaki, is the owner and operator of Synergy Home Care, serving the greater Milwaukee region. Her company has more than 100 employees who care for 150 clients, ranging from companion care to 24-7 living care. She has owned her company for the last 10 years, having been drawn to the industry while advocating for her dad, who had Parkinson's, and her mom, who was his primary caregiver. Hello, Ruth, and welcome to the show. Hello, Leticia. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so happy to have you here because I think what you're doing, it's it's so amazing and it's something that is one of those hard conversations. Uh, we all have loved ones that, of course, you know, are not getting any younger and this is something in the back of our minds. So I'm definitely very curious to hear your feedback and how this adventure of yours has been for the past 10 years. But I first want to know you as a person. I want to know who you were as a child, what you were excited about, where are you from? So just give us a little bit of the 411 on you, if you will. Wonderful. I'd be happy to. So I come from a large family, a family of six children, and we were a very close family. We were all raised to think independently and and reach for our dreams. And boy, that helped us later in life. I went on in my career early on as a caregiver. So I was actually a caregiver, a certified nursing assistant. And I moved through my career in helping people in group homes, helping individuals with disabilities, helping seniors in all settings of uh, independent living to group home living, including nursing homes. And I, I did that for probably the first half of my career. Along the way, my father, as you had mentioned, was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And our father uh, was a, a very proud man, and he was a pharmacist, so he was in the medical field. And I knew from the way that he raised us that he was a really um, one for individuality and uniqueness. And so it was our opportunity, siblings and I, to be able to support my father through his journey. He never asked, of course, to have a chronic condition like Parkinson's. But I knew that it was going to mean that he was going to start losing some of his abilities. I also knew that my mother was going to become a caregiver. And that that role in and of itself would be uh, put my mother at risk for both physical and mental health issues. So we gathered together our family and all gave them the best of what we have to offer. My role was really to advocate for his changes. So I was able to see 
subtle changes in my father that perhaps my siblings didn't recognize because of the background I had. During my, and it was wonderful, at the end of my career, I was able to see things and bring in resources so we could get on top of my father's changing condition well before he entered into a crisis. I see. And how, how old was your father when he was diagnosed? Oh, he died in his early 80s and he um, suffered through Parkinson's for probably eight years. So it was an eight-year process that we went through, but he wanted to stay home. My mother wanted to, him to be home with her. And so we slowly and gradually, as his condition changed, brought in more resources, funding, and home care. And, and so really it was that ability to help my parents that inspired me to say, I can advocate for others in the community and provide the same type of process. So that's why I was inspired to start Synergy. Mm, that's interesting. And, and if, if you don't mind going back to, to you as a child, were you like a caregiver? Like, were you the little girl that wa wanted to help others all the time? Or, it w or was, was you your... know, I, I think I was. I think I was always a nurturer. And so it really made sense for me to go into the caregiving and then social service world. And what I learned is that, you know, I, I was able to give something back to my parents. Certainly those conversations were difficult as we got older and they, and they needed our help. But, it, you know, we, they advocated for us. And sometimes our parents advised us on things that we really didn't want, but we knew they were for our best interest. And so that's the switch that we make as adults when we recognize that our parents need a little more support. We have to have sometimes, as you mentioned, those uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, I think we we don't, I don't know, our culture or the, you know, or, or doesn't train us for this. I think, you know, we, we the, the childbirthing and that aspect of life, we, we embrace it with baby showers and all these great things. But I always have had a sweet spot or a weak spot rather for the elderly because I feel that they are the ones that really need us the most and they, you know, they've been through life, they've been strong, they've done things and now, you know, they pretty much, some of them sit sometimes abandoned by their families or, or maybe not abandoned, but, you know, without that day-to-day uh, -day interaction that they so much need. So I definitely, um, in my own case, my grandmother died almost at a hundred a couple of years ago, uh -huh. three, three months short. But, you know, my my parents are from Italy and, and they moved to Venezuela when they got married. So we never, I never lived in the same country. And uh, my mom has a sister, but she couldn't take care of my grandmother. So she ended up in an assisted facility. And every year I would go when we go for the summer and go visit her. And it's it's just so, so such mixed feelings, you know, but we got to appreciate so much the work they did there. Like even now after she passed, we still visit the, the assisted facility and bring them chocolates and because they were so nice. And, the, and the, there's so many, um, you know, uh, people there that just look forward to someone that visits them. You, you, that is so well said. I hadn't really thought about that. We prepared in so many other aspects of our life on how to have those uncomfortable conversations, really for the best of our family. And yet we don't really train in that area when it comes to helping our parents. That's one of the things that we can do at Synergy Home Care is we can bridge that gap. 
we can be that that second party to make a, an a objective observation and offer ideas and suggestions. And it sort of takes the, the pressure and the heat off of the family feeling like they're forcing their parents into something that maybe they don't want. I see. And uh, would you share with us maybe from your own experience, what were the biggest challenges also with your mom having to be part of the process and seeing her spouse, you know, in this situation? What what kind of dynamics were there uh, that you found challenging? Sure. I think one of the things that my siblings and I worried most about is my mother's own physical health. You know, she was six years younger than my father, but still she was she was up in her years as well. And so the the stress, the emotional stress of caring for someone that you love can really take a toll and the physical demands on her body. And in fact, there are awful a lot of studies about that, that that say that often it's the primary caregiver that falls ill in the midst of being a caregiver. So we as a family, we were definitely most concerned about my mother. My father was very good about expressing what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And so when we offered him options, he was very clear on what he wanted. The hardest thing for him was with Parkinson's disease. Some patients with Parkinson's also develop uh, dementia related to it. Mm-hmm. And he was a very intelligent man. And that was the hardest thing for him. I remember one night he shared with me, I was spending the night with him and telling him that I was, I was looking out for him and making sure everybody was um, standing up straight and taking care of him. And um, he, he confided in me and he said, the hardest thing is I don't want to die not knowing and not remembering. Mm. And that was heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah I think... And that goes back to my point of, you know, when you have a baby, the baby doesn't, is not aware of what's going on, you know, and those, the first five, six years, really, you know, it, it's almost ironic how life is designed because when we have people caring for us, we are pampered, we're strolling around, we don't remember. And then the years that you're about to check out from life that you remember, some of them do remember and are aware and they don't know. They face uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen to us. And we don't know how to relate to others. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, very ironic, I find. There is a gift to caregiving that you probably have identified yourself with your family experiences. And that is so many individuals will say to a caregiver, oh, you must be a special person. It, it takes a lot to be a caregiver. Those of us who are caregivers know the secret The secret is that it's not what we give to others, it's what we give back. We take the time to listen, as you had mentioned, you know, a hundred years of life to listen to their stories and their experiences. And it's what we get back from the people that we provide care for. That's that's the true gift. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. And I think until you're not put in that situation, like I, I, I'm grateful that I went to Catholic school and very early on, like the nuns would take us to to visit, you know, these kind of homes. And sure. it really it's a wake up call when you're very young because you, you see the cycle of life. And also, you know, if you're not, you, you might come from a family that is it's together, but at the same time, you know, everybody has their own life 
and it gets to a point where you might love your parents, but you don't have the bandwidth to give them the care that they need. And, uh, and I think a lot of people sometimes confuse that, you know, when you maybe go to a home care scenario where they say, well, you, they are not taking care of the, of the parents, but I think it takes great courage to identify what the best solution is. And sometimes I remember my grandmother, she resisted for a long time going there. She ended up there because she fell and she had a very bad fracture. And so she couldn't do things on her own, but she lived alone until 85, more or less. Oh. And on her in her own apartment, and uh, I remember that she was so happy because she would have conversations with the other, you know, <laughs> elderly, and they would, you know, it was just an open window for her when she arrived there that she didn't have alone at home. That's wonderful. You know, honestly, we um, as home care providers find that the best plan is when there is a lot of family support. That is what we refer to as a natural support. So when an individual needs a little bit of help to stay independently in their own home and they have a lot of natural support, then you can layer in the professional care for the things that might be too taxing to the siblings and the family. You had touched on that a little bit. Sometimes you have other commitments in life. You may still be working or you may have grandchildren at that time or live in a different state. Everybody in the family can provide what they know they can comfortably provide and that they're skilled at. And then the professional caregiver fills in the gaps so that when you are with your loved one, you're focusing totally on your relationship with them. And you're not thinking about the grocery shopping and cleaning out the refrigerator and and running errands and those types of things. You just get to do the fun things you know, with your grandmother or your mother. It's it's a wonderful mix. Yeah, I love the model. You know, in Europe, actually, the government gives you assistance and they send someone, like, depending on, on your age and how much help you need to do that for you, which I think it's great, you know. That's that, wonderful. To run errands and, and do that kind of things for you. And so, and so, Ruth, how are you throughout this process, how hard it was on you, because you sound to me like you were very strong and, and, you know, you were already the caregiver before they got sick. But were you struggling at any point with all this and what kept you strong? Because at Back to Basics, I'm, I'm, I always yes. like to share with people, like, where were your strengths during those tough times? Right. Well, I do know my weakness. My father, as I said, I did not realize when I was young until my father needed help that I actually was a daddy's girl. And I really sought his love and attention and approval. And so he knew that in my family, I was going to take the lead in finding resources in advocating for him when I thought that he wasn't being treated fairly from the medical world or whatever it might have been. And there were times that he would say to me, you know, you just want me to move into a nursing home, which was, of course, the exact opposite mm-hmm. of what I was trying to do. I was trying to accomplish the very opposite. I knew he wanted to stay home. And so my goal was to identify what are the changes so we can get the help that you need before we have a crisis. But he, he sort of knew how to hit my my tender spot. And he um, he recognized out of frustration and probably anger because he didn't like the cards that he was dealt in life at the end of life. But I know deep in his heart that he knew I was doing what was right for him. So I had to get through that. I, I would 
you know, sit home and talk with my husband about that struggle. And then I would go back, put my shield of armor on and and go back to work and, and help both my mother and my father. I remember for my mother, there was a, a very poignant moment where one day I had worked a full week and showed up at mom and dad's house on the weekend to clean her toilets because I knew that she was working so hard as a caregiver that she didn't have time to do that. And so there I was on my hands and knees scrubbing <laughs> in her bathroom and she was standing behind me and she was trying to get my attention. And I realized all she wanted to do was sit and talk with me. Hmm. And it was so poignant for me that I realized we have to get professional help in here. I can hire someone to scrub her toilets because my mother wants to spend time with me. And and so those were the tough moments for me, but also the very proud moments to be able to help my parents. Yeah, those are the hard calls. Uh, I feel sometimes it's not in that sense, but you know, like I, I work full time and my husband obviously has a very demanding job too. So I, I do have a nanny, not now during current times, but normally and 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 it's funny because she helps me but i don't ask the help so much in taking care of the kids where i arrive but more in like being my second hand like if i'm running to soccer okay can you get me the shoes can you do this because i want that time with my kids and it makes it makes me think of what you just said sometimes you just need that extra help so that you can make the most out of the time you have with your loved one absolutely and uh, definitely, Absolutely. definitely in, in, in this situation that you're explaining, I mean, I can totally see it. And so how long did your mom uh, survive your dad? My mother just passed away in November. Oh, I'm sorry so, to hear. Oh, thank you. It, and, and, and it was a difficult last couple of years for her. And we rose to the occasion once again as a family. And she died in her own home. And we couldn't be prouder, but it was very difficult. And, and so she lived a good, wonderful life for almost 10 years past my father's death. Wow, that's great. That's good to know. And I know, I know you ha- you're a grandmother yourself, so I'm sure she had little kids around to make her happy. She did. That, that was her greatest joy. She worked in um, emergency foster care. And so children just brought the the most joy um, for my mother. And, and, and we were recently looking at photos of her with children, the, the, the face, the smile, and I can hear her, her cooing when she's holding a baby. It's, it's, it was her joy. Yeah, I can, I can see. I, I always took my kids to visit my grandma and it was everybody there was playing with them. And, and, you know, and sometimes it's hard because, you know, for the kids, you know, some, some, some people, you know, they lose their teeth. So for the kids, it's a little bit sometimes <laughs> I, I had to prep them before <laughs> because right. they say they're going to want to hold you. They're going to want to. And, and, but I remember the joy, you know, that that those uh, young kids bring to them. And right. uh, yeah, there's something there. I, I really think that uh, that what you did for your family, I think it's the biggest retribution to any human being when they're, you know, uh, on their way out to say, my kids took care of me and they're doing so much. I think, you know, you did something right. Thank you. So I think it, your it parents... It truly is a gift, right? To be there at the end of someone's life. They're born once and they die once. And, and those are very precious moments. 
Yeah, and it's really the cycle of life, like to know that that they were there when you came into this world and they make it possible for you to come into this world and then that you were there to, as they went out. It's, uh, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's an amazing thing. And I'm, we're very close-knit family too, but I, my parents live in Venezuela. So sometimes, thank God, so far they, they have good health. Uh, my dad is 86, but you know, we think about these things. Every day it's a gift. And, right. and, and so you, you also want to make sure that, that you do anything that you can to, to make this, this time count. In fact, I feel bad in this, this coronavirus times of so many grandparents, you know, that cannot spend time with their grandchildren. Without a doubt, we've seen families really struggle when their loved ones are in a facility or a community that doesn't allow visitors. It's truly months now starting to impact their lives in a very negative way. They're, they're having some mental health struggles. They're having memory issues due to the isolation. And some of those communities are now allowing our Synergy home caregivers to come in and provide the stimulation and the companionship and support. And, you know, some individuals who are older are able to adapt to technology and, and perhaps learn to Skype or to uh, Zoom, but not everybody is able to do that. So, you know, when you can't see your loved one face to face, it's it's especially stressful for families. So we're we're happy to be able to offer some support to those families in in that situation. Wow! No, I think that's fantastic. And so, when you uh, purchase, you know, the Synergy Home Care that you own, and I mean, it obviously serves. You have a hundred employees. That seems like a huge undertaking. That that while well, your mom obviously was still uh, alive, correct. And uh, do you see this as a way to also keep giving back to your dad and your mom uh, in, in this new way of life? Well, similar to what you had, but now as an owner of of a facility like this. Oh, without a doubt, that really is what just pulls me through every day. Is that I I believe that my father, after he passed, would be very proud of the services that we offer and the fact that, uh, you know, one of the hallmarks of, of being a Synergy Home Care franchise owner, and there are, I think, 162 of us across the country, is that we are committed to providing resources, whether people are going to use our services or not. So we offer a free conversation, a free face-to-face -face meeting to talk about resources. And there are many times that I have shared resources with someone who never uses my services and they end the conversation with thank you so much for what you shared with me today now I have a better understanding of what I need to do for my loved one those are those moments that I think of my father and now that I think of my mother and think boy they would be very proud of me for offering that out well I'm proud of you and I'm not <laughs> your parents <laughs> It's well, just, it's just, it's such a noble work and, and, and it's something that's so very needed and the compassion and the caring. Uh, I think there, there should be more of, of this. And, uh, and just that, I mean, the fact that 
that we're talking about it, I know a lot of people that are listening to this are going to find it helpful because, again, in my case, because I had my grandma that was in that situation, I, I feel that what I kind of got very close to that. Emotions in terms of having to have a loved one there and what's the best for them. But a lot right. of people out there are, are not are trying to avoid the thought of this. And I think it's very helpful uh, what you bring to the table. I went to your webpage and there's so much useful information. It will all be on the show notes. But, um, you know, as, as, as we had to close in, I want to know what's, uh, what excites you at this time? Do you have anything in your bucket list that you are planning to do? Any plans that you want to share here at Back to Basics? Well, I think that as a home care provider, I'm always trying to understand what do my future clients want from us. When we can define what it is that they want, 86%, according to a recent study, are saying they want to stay home. We need to make sure that we provide the right amount of support and that it's as affordable as possible. So what we're looking at, and I'm very excited about, is using technology to partner with home care services, so live help and technology to truly give people as much independence as they want, as affordable as it can be, so that they're more likely to stay home. That excites me. And that's, for me, one of the reasons I chose with all of my experience not to open my own home care business, but to open with Synergy Support because they in um, our main office do all of the research and, and development in areas that I just don't have time with, to do. I want to spend time with my caregivers. I want to spend time with my clients. And that's where my focus is. They, in um, our Synergy office, spend the time to find out what is it that can make the lives better for our clients. That makes total sense because you can you can maximize so much your effort into what really counts. It goes back to what we were talking before it's like why reinvent the wheel if there's a pretty good wheel that you can use absolutely and now you can actually chart a, a path or a destination that maybe you wouldn't have gotten if you had to start from scratch correct so i definitely admire that that definitely there's an entrepreneur in you <laughs> i it surprises even me my father was a, an owner of a of a um, pharmacy. And so I always knew what it was to be an owner. I observed it in my father and I never thought that that would be me. And it wasn't until these experiences, very difficult experiences in life, showed me where my destiny was. Mm, you just say something that I'm sorry, but I have to go there. You say something that your father never thought it would be you. Why right. was that? Were you a, a particular way growing up that it was like, there, this is not for her? I think so. I don't think I was. I have a sister that is probably more than more natural entrepreneur, and she was also the eldest. I was, you know, number four in the in the picking order. Mm -hmm. And um, I was more of a follower then. But, you know, when you find what's right for you and all the pieces of the puzzle fall into place, it, it just made absolute sense. And probably the biggest leap I've ever taken and could only do it without this, you know, if I didn't have support for my family, I could never have done it. And I have the most amazing supportive family 
And, you know, I have no regrets 10 years later. Well, you see, I knew I had to ask because you just gave uh, me what I look in, in, in this podcast, which is, you know, the inspiration to others to redefine themselves, because there's a lot of people out there that allow the labels we get that are put in place when we're growing up and you know how people perceive us to, to really define the rest of our lives. And then at some point you said, well, yeah, I was a follower, but now I found something I'm passionate about and I want to take a leap. And, and, that's right. And you become successful and you become passionate and driven about what you're doing. And that's really what I think makes a difference between good and great. Like you can have a good life, but it can maybe be great if you really take that leap into pursuing something you're truly passionate about. So well said. So, yeah, even I say, wow, that sounded good. <laughs> I'm even shocked. <laughs> well, uh, Ruth, this has been amazing. You are indeed an inspiration. I might have to reach back at you at some point because my husband knows this. I have it in my vision board. Helping the elderly is something that is something that I haven't done in the way I want to do it. And uh, so at some point I might pick your brain. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that very much, Leticia. And uh, I thank you for your time. And uh, I will definitely uh, be following uh, your achievements. And uh, you have an open invitation to Back to Basics anytime you want. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Take care. And until the next time. <laughs>